This is the John Oakley Show podcast. A great day for talk radio, and that means, of course, the midweek Wednesday at 4.30. Catherine Swift, Buzz Hargove, join us, and we get uh, down to business talking about, well, Things that are uh, business-related and otherwise. And uh, Catherine Swift, you might recall, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, currently the spokesperson for Working Canadians. Swifty, nice to see you again. Great to be back, John. Buzz Hargrove's with us, former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers and distinguished visiting prof at Ryerson University's Ted Rogers School of Management. How's Buzz? Buzz is great. Good to be here. <laughs> All right, Buzz. Good to of... be anywhere, as Keith Richards <laughs> always <laughs> likes to say. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, you know, uh, he could be anywhere, not Keith Richards, but this individual, this uh, Mr. Chong, uh, Kong rather, Jibin Kong, I was talking about that before you got here. I'm curious to just get your feedback on it because he was at CAMH, walked out of the premises on July 3rd, about 6.50 in the afternoon. They notified the police. Police did not tell the public for about two weeks. But anyway, uh, they also submitted to our friend Joe Warmington uh, that he boarded an international flight on the same day he was reported missing, which would be July 3rd. So nobody knew this whereabouts, but he was gone. How does a guy who was, by the way, found not criminally responsible for a heinous murder the police call first degree, hacked a guy to to death with a meat cleaver, uh, wounded two others. This was back in 2014. Five years later, he's left the country. Buzz Hargrove. Uh, The Ontario Review Board are the ones who assess privileges and decide if somebody can be, you know, unescorted, unsupervised into the community. You think they've got an answer for this? I, I, I think they have to for sure. Uh, I know the folks at uh, CAMH. I've worked with them for years on a lot of different projects. And they're wonderful people. They do wonderful work. Uh, I don't recall anything like this happening before. I don't recall uh, someone with uh, who's committed a serious crime being able to just walk away. I know they have a uh, uh, an out uh, program where... Uh, if you meet certain standards, you can get out alone. You can get out with uh, with uh, someone else to uh, to uh, work with you. But uh, this here is beyond belief. Swifty, I mean, we're all perplexed. I mean... Uh... <laughs> it's scary. It's scary on so many fronts. Uh, the fact that the person, A, got out, and there have been incidents with CAMH before, but not with somebody who had committed such a serious crime. There had yeah. been screw-ups where somebody managed to wander off. Uh, this, however, was, you know, I think probably the most serious case. But then they somehow get on a plane. What did they use for documentation? I, I mean, it just looks like a fail of the system from so many perspectives. And finally, the fact that the public weren't informed for such a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Totally it's unacceptable. Not, it's not confidence-inspiring no. in any respect. And it seems increasingly these days, I think of that Danforth shooting, there's a number of incidents where the public is kept in the dark for a very long time by people that, you know, we pay very good salaries to, and, and presumably one of their jobs should be to keep people properly informed. That's not happening. So what's going on here? Why can't we be trusted, we the general public, you know, be trusted with stuff that frankly we should be told? That just compounds the concern. It's a point well taken, but you're saying it's a failure of the system. The system is comprised of people. People have to make a call as to whether or not somebody has been rehabilitated enough that they can within, you know, five years start walking into a community unescorted, unsupervised, uh, is it understandable mistakes may be made, or do you hold those individuals accountable for this? No, I, I, I don't accept that somebody can hack somebody to death and, and injure seriously uh, two or three other people, and within a five-year period is capable of being out on their own or even with uh, with supervision. We have to have tougher rules. That may not be the, the most humane uh, position to take, 
But uh, the community is more important. The fear of the community, the worry, the concern, I think, has to take precedent. I think, too, a lot of these cases, and I think of that awful Greyhound bus situation years ago where that person's Winnipeg, out as yeah. well. Sure. Uh, and a lot of these mental health, you know, related situations are contingent upon these people taking medication. Yeah. And often they don't. Well, it's an honor <laughs> well, system. Exactly. Well, exactly. And, and this is what is very worrisome is that, yeah. yes, they're okay now as long as they're still taking the meds that keep them on an even keel. Uh, and yet, often we know people don't. So, again, bet more, more scrutiny and, and, and more seriousness around protecting the general public than sometimes protecting the interests of people that have committed horrible acts. Well, that's just it. It seems to me like you've got people in charge who might be uh, overdosing on compassion or they think they're doing the humane thing, but therein lies the dilemma. You know, they're giving the benefit of the doubt to somebody who may not have earned it or deserves it. Although somebody did challenge me in calling uh, earlier before you got here saying, look, we either entrust professionals to do their job they're put in that position or we don't so in the case where something goes awry do we hold them accountable yes that well that's that's the question i think and most people are account are held accountable and and there have been incidents over the years of people that were let go and then and did recommit horrible crimes and yes if, if they're not held accountable i can't believe that people take seriously their jobs ultimately if there isn't some downside to making a serious mistake. And I, and I don't believe it should be left to individuals. The rules should be such as, look, there's a, there's a line you step over in our society today, and if you step over that line, then you've lost all of these privileges uh, forever. But now, their judgment who, calls... Who can ever say? Us, their judgment calls as to whether this person... By it's very subjective. By individuals, by yes, experts, of course. Yeah. Experts, well, but nevertheless, yeah. they can make mistakes. Absolutely. We, we make the odd one. Well, but Buzz, what you're, here, Buzz, Buzz. You're, you're basically a zero-tolerance guy. If somebody commits a crime, uh, you're not even... Not a crime. To... This is a heinous... Uh, okay, a heinous uh, act uh, where it was, you know, murder in the first degree, according to the police. Uh, there's no forgiveness or understanding that not criminally responsible doesn't give you any privilege somewhere down the road. You're saying it would never be a case of granting them. Yeah, it's just like uh, uh, Catherine said, if someone doesn't take their meds and they decide they're going to kill somebody else 10 years later, that don't make me feel very comfortable that we've been so lenient that they've been able to get in a position to do this. I listened to the, the whole question of crime. I listened to a, a lawyer, a young uh, lawyer from uh, the United States uh, who uh, spent eight years in prison for carjacking when he was young. He got out of there, went to school, got a legal degree, got all of these things. Uh, and he's now uh, a lawyer. He's a defense lawyer, works with a judge, works with young kids like he was at that age and getting into trouble and does a hell of a job now. Uh, so it's not just crime. Uh, people deserve a second chance. But when you murder somebody and you're not responsible, uh, to me, you cross the line. There's a line there that has to be put around a certain uh, a segment of society. Well, yes, it uh, you know gets back to the old men's ray argument of whether you can form the mental capacity to know what you're doing. Into it with Catherine Swift and Buzz Hargrove here on the Oakley Show, Global News Radio, six forty, Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.